listening to Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacy. Brought to you by Everything Cowboy. Welcome to episode 128 of Cowboy Show. Ted and Wacy, my name is Ted Sylvan. He's Wacy Anderson. Howdy. And uh, what what's going on, man? It's... Uh, October, it's still nice out up here. It's kind of nice. It's after Thanksgiving, man. Post we're, we're deep into it. The post-Thanksgiving, uh, I don't know what to say. Changing of the seasons. Changing it's of the seasons. We went to a CFR event last night in Red Deer. Yeah. Um, Pretty we're fun a little time. tired. It was a great time. We, s- we, we picked the uh, official voice of the CFR for the, the, the whole singer. of the anthem singer. So that was a pretty cool deal. Hats off to Bose and everybody involved on that front for making it happen. It's pretty cool to see a local Red Deer gal get the nod. Man, and it's her first rodeo ever. Ever. That's pretty cool. That's pretty neat. I like the crossover yeah. of the of the sports. Mm-hmm. So I hope she uh, hope it goes good. Hope it goes good. I'm sure it was. She's she's a pro, so she'll do a good job. We also need to give a special shout out to the other two finalists in the round and also mm-hmm. one of those finalists is actually from your hometown, Ted Drake Valley. There might be another uh person uh, what would I say? Maddie McKay, CCMA guitarist of the year like mm-hmm. many times. Mm-hmm. Uh Brett Gardner, 69-time uh, Canadian Prodeo announcer <laughs> of the year. <laughs> nice. And then me, zero-time anything of the year. You're the all-time you're the Wi-Fi World <laughs> champ, man. I'm zero any I'm the zero time anything of the world ever. And then Brody Henry, man, that guy, uh, he's got, he can sing. Brody Henry, man, he's got the charm. He sounds like a, like a Chris Young type vibe, like really deep voice. So yeah, real watch out for that guy in the future. He, and so, so what they did, uh, so I was talking to Keenan, uh, um, not, not our friend Keenan Vine. Uh, Keenan does the, um, booking of the acts, like he yeah, there's like some people. communications and stuff for, yeah. the, for the, CFR, the CFR, like a bunch of cool stuff. Yeah, good dude. So I was like, hey, what do you like? Some of these folks like could be on the CFR like stage, like event someday. He's mm. like, I don't know if he got thinking about it during the show, but I was like, could I say that? Was that out of, out of, out of line? And then by the end of it, because I didn't want to like put anything in any words in anybody's mouth or anything, mm-hmm. I just was kind of speculating. And then by the end of the a night, he was like. Yeah, so what we're going to do is we're going to put, uh, they're going to get to sing on the stage. And I was like, yeah, sweet. <laughs> so I was just expecting like maybe someday they might be like an act there. But he's mm-hmm. like, no, let's like put them in. Like, we'll put yeah, them why right not? Now. Yeah. He's like, yeah. So so all the top three finalists all get to sing like a song with the CFR All-Star Band. That's so cool. Yes. Yeah, so, that's, so, that's just sweet. Like, it worked out well. But yeah. I was like, they're like legit enough. It's like, so I'm in for a song. Like, it's a kind of a big break for them. Kind of like get them going. And, you know, John Winwick with ATB Financial. The ATB is the presenting sponsor of the CFR. Yeah, they are. Title or presenting sponsor? Yeah, they're sponsor? presenting sponsor. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, John is, you know, buddies with Mark Giordano. Uh, Gord Bamford. Else? Jordan Eberle, Gord Bamford, Brett Kissel. Like, mm-hmm. he's, you know, ATB has put on some different events that way throughout the years. ATB's and, done a really good job of engaging at the grassroots level with, yeah. with people like that. Yeah. So, so uh, he's like, yeah, I got Bamford's number. Like, you're coming to sing this thing next year. Because Johnny, Johnny will do that. Or like he's just oh, like, yeah. yeah, you're in. Yeah, and yeah. So, so uh, he'll get him hooked up. Um, and uh, and what else? Yeah, so just like... 
it's good. It's a like, launching point for some of those careers for some of those. Yeah, people. man, it's cool, and it, and yeah. it kind of like sets up the event to be as kind of a staple of the CFR moving Could be, forward. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like have that incentive for people to sign up. So like you get a chance like not a, only to be the voice of the CFR, CFR but they idol. get to sing a. Yeah, literally, it is like CFR idol. If, was, we, if we were doing it, it'd be the masked singer. Wait, so you not have to put masks on it. Oh god, I would not be, be winning. It'd be funny to have that as a sidebar to that show. The only problem is it had to be it'd be, it'd be so it'd be tough to keep it tight. Yeah, yeah. But Not a seven-hour-long show. It was a cool, uh, cool like for how quickly we threw it together. It yeah, turned out pretty awesome. Job. So you guys did a good job. It was a good deal. Uh, Stoked about that. So it's, it's a good, good kind of like a yeah. It's a good. It's a good kind of like unofficial CFR kickoff in Red Deer. So we'll be there in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this show is going to be out on Wednesday the. Ooh, the 19th. Mm-hmm. And then the next show after that will be our CFR preview show. Um, and then then what? Yeah, then we're going to, I'm going to a couple of football games before the show comes out. To LA. Yeah, we've got Medicine Hat this weekend. Um, what else? NFR, uh, we've got a bunch of Canadians going. I guess we haven't really reca- recapped that because we did this last one before then. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, as we talked to our guest this week, Cole Ashbacker, one of the six Canadian Bronc riders, we found out that, you know, those guys... They thought that they set a new record, but they were wrong. <laughs> they tied it, though, which is pretty they impressive, nonetheless. Yeah, and there's still been more Canadians make the NFR overall mm-hmm. back to 1991. Um, and Breakaway is kind of a new event, so it kind of changes the game a little bit. But mm-hmm. anyways, uh, yeah, big stuff coming up. Final season. Looking forward to the PBR Canada Finals in Edmonton as well. we got Saskatoon. Like you said, CFR. I'll be on the stage with doing the buckles. We're going to do our show daily. Cowboy Shit Live is coming back. Yeah, we're doing that as well. So I gotta get that. I'm list going to Arizona together. on Tuesday. Yeah, man, stuff's happening. We're going. Um, we're going bowling in a few hours. No, like we're going bowling. Bowling in like, in like half an 25 hour, twenty five minutes. Twenty five minutes. We're going bowling. I can't wait. I fucking <laughs> love bowling. <laughs> gonna be good. I'm gonna probably dust some Coronas or something in there too. Oh, I need a. I need some hair of the dog. Bad. I might want a paralyzer. Ooh, oh, but man. I don't think they'll make a paralyzer for me down there. I think it's a limited bar. Um, Anyways, yeah, cool man. Some cool <laughs> shit coming up. <laughs> we also, and then like the CFR, like we're we're gonna have a really big footprint of the CFR this year between yeah. Um, the is that even public yet? We haven't announced. It's that coming yet. out. My, we're, we're making the Monday? announcement Monday, so okay, we so can talk good. about it here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Fill me in. So yeah, we got Cowish it live on the at the during the trade show. Yep. So that's this, that's been the last couple of years we've been doing. I heard that. we even have a backstage area. We're backstage area. I'm finally, peep, I'm gonna keep my scotch there. Well, I'm like we like, I think it'll be cool because we have a few new elements scratch, added to scratch. it this year. So make sure you come check us out daily. I don't know the exact time. Is it three p.m. three thirty? Three thirty? Something. Well, like we'll get that confirmed eventually. Come, yeah, come, come we'll, see us. Come check us out there. Ted's doing the buckles uh, after the perf before the yeah. cabaret gets rolling. Yeah. Um, we also have the cowboy shit watch party, which is happening mm-hmm. before each performance, um, from Wednesday and to during, Saturday. Right. And during, yeah, also and during. So if you come down to the show early, I think it starts at 4 p.m. or 5 p.m., two hours before the actual performance, you can watch a rerun of the previous night's performance. Isn't the perfect six again? Is it act six or is it seven? I guess it's at seven. I, I think, think it's six. Right. Yeah, it may be at six. I, I, I've been trying to find that information out, and I work there, and I can't even find it. So, <clears throat> Anyways. It's on SeatGeek. Anyways, keep going. Anyways, yes, we have... Uh, 6 p.m. nightly. Okay, so oh. two, two hours before each performance, we have... 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock. So we'll have a rerun of each rodeo performance uh, playing for everybody there. We're going to do some ticket giveaways, do some engagements. Teddy and I will be bopping around before the rodeo starts. Um, and then if you don't have tickets to the show, you can stay in the watch party area, watch the performance live, and then just wander on over to the Prairie Pavilion to have 
a nice Come little check out the buckle presentation, presentation buckle presentations cabaret and it's all free so doesn't take any tickets and yeah, come hang out. It'll be it'll be super fun. Come we'll be kicking it. it. And I heard there's a rumor there might be live. There might be cutouts of us. Oh, really? Maybe some games. Might be a beer pong tournament. Maybe like there's really? some cool shit happening. So Damn. stay tuned as we yeah. head into the CFR. So CFR it's gonna be crazy. It's happening. And hey, talk about our friends at Sweetbread. <laughs> They're Eric. also gonna be at the CFR. You got to meet Eric for lunch the other day too, and Eric. That was good. Yeah. So yeah, we've partnered up with our friends from Sweet Pro Feeds and Equipride uh, and Equilix. Equipride and Equilix. Yeah, they're uh, a feed p- company. Um, that has been going since 1991. Family owned, been creating supplements for all different sorts of livestock. Um, yeah, they're pretty cool. They are. I don't think it's is it guaranteed. I don't have I don't have the notes open in front of me, so I can't tell you. Um, so it has been said using Sweet Pro, you save 20 percent on your forage needs. Oh, and as really? We head, and as we head into winter, really? we all know hay ain't cheap. So. Anyway, cheap anyway, people. you can save on uh, forage costs and feeding your animals. That's a good thing. That's a win. So check out Sweet Pro Forage. Sweet Pro Forage. And yeah, overall, just good for herd health. Um, everybody that we've talked to who've used the products or whatever, like they they stand by it and they say it's awesome and their horses have been looking, horses and cows and everything in between has been looking better than ever. So, I mean, check out um, Sweet Pro at your local feed store do it or ask for it if they don't have it so do it check out sweet pro feeds premium supplements do it all Other right than that, i think that's it for now tickets alberta.ca for your canadian finals rodeo tickets if you don't have them yet get them get them we'll see you there um we'll be back with our interview right after this loud thunder heavy rain thin line between joy and pain it's a long strange trip it's all insane you ain't never gonna be the same Living life through the night, the line of a lightning strike. Sometimes the only light when the moon is tucked away, pistons pumping, minds are racing. It's hard to sleep, man, when I'm shaking. Bad news surrounds me, it's always found me. All right, our next guest has qualified for the CFR five times, once in the steer riding, once in the novice saddle bronc riding, and three times in the open. He's just qualified for his first Wrangler National Finals Rodeo in Las Vegas. Welcome to the Cowboy Shit Podcast, Cole Ashbacker. What's going on, dude? Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, thanks for making the drive into town. It's nice. It's not often we have fellows in the area to come yeah. record a show with us. In person, live and in person from HQ. Yeah. Not good with technology, so that's figured okay. this was the best uh, best deal. This is perfect. Thanks for being here. I mean, Wacy, how do you want to start? Where do you want to start off? We have a, yeah, we got a bunch of ways we can go. We can start off with like even your your family's involvement with rodeo, kind of the beginning where you like. I mean, I've remember seeing you guys around when your dad was hauling steers and stuff, and obviously your dad and your grandpa and everybody involved kind of have deep roots in rodeo. So I think maybe starting at the beginning and kind of working our way forward is the way to go. Okay. Yeah. So start there. Start with so kind of give your give us some background on your family and and kind of where the rodeo roots run deep. Yeah, uh, my whole family's been involved in rodeo for a lot of years. Uh, my grandpa, way back in the day, kind of he kind of started the Kindersley Rodeo right on the ranch out in Saskatchewan, and uh, going forward, uh, started getting some bucking horses and packing some with different contractors. And uh, dad caught a love for it. I mean, he rodeoed his whole life. He did every event when he was younger, um, and then got into the wild horse racing and had 
was pretty successful with that too. Uh, um, yeah. And other than that, he got me involved when I was young. I mean, grew up in it with him packing stock everywhere. I, uh, was always behind the buck and shoots, helping out, setting flanks from as far back as I can remember. And, uh, and then, yeah, I was eight years old. My first, first time I ever got on a steer in Assiniboia, Saskatchewan. And it that's was, where they set the uh, world record or the Canadian record in the tie down. Wasn't it? Didn't uh, it's in a boy, really? Yeah, wasn't it like five <laughs> seven? I'm sure that that's that's a thing. I gotta remember. I can't that's remember. My mom's right I actually don't know that one, but yeah, I gotta, l- I gotta look at that. Day. I'm pretty sure that that is. You could please proceed, but I, I gotta <laughs> I gotta look at that now. But yeah, from there, I just uh, I mean, I got bucked off once when I was nine riding steers and quit for a year and a half, and uh, and still ca- caught a love for it. And I, from there, it was all, it was just yeah non-stop i i was hooked and started riding bronx when i was 16 and yeah it's been a um, a long process <laughs> but uh i guess it's paid off now 100 percent. well you mentioned your you mentioned your grandpa and like starting the kindersley rodeo we ted and i work a lot with doug young who is actually your grandpa's neighbor and he every time i work a rodeo with doug he always tells me a new archie story so i've i've and actually too my dad actually worked for your for your grandpa for a few for a few years there so me and my brother actually spent some time at the ranch so lee phillips was five seven in a Cinnaboya, saskatchewan in 1978 and all it says is old rules old so i think <laughs> i don't think he left the box i think that's what the old rules were, were is he never left the roping roping box so he roped the calf off of, off his horse standing there and, and he was five seven Dang. in the tie down roping good for him and, then the saskatchewan. <laughs> and that it's a, it's a full uh it's a full six tenth of a second, six tenths of a second faster than uh, number two, Ricky Canton six three in Strathmore in two thousand five, and Marty Jones was six five at the Calgary Stampede ninety three. Dang! Just for just a little Assiniboia rodeo history <laughs> for you folks. <laughs> for all our, our fans at Assiniboia, there's some Canadian <laughs> rodeo history in, the, and and Cole Ashbacher going his first year at the rodeo. So <laughs> it's a legendary ro- rodeo. It's a legendary rodeo. Can you say your mom's from there too? My mom's from there. Yeah. Really. Yeah, a lot of my family's from that part of the world. So, 1978. Dang. My dad would have been eight years old. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> keep going on that thread, though. On the yeah, yeah. So I, I remember some days like going over, going over to Archie's. Like we were like we were just young, and like we'd go like when your grandpa was calving cows and stuff. And I remember one time, I, this is like one of my vivid like core memories. This cow like she did not want to like she was like we need help calving like so we had we had to get her in. <laughs> and like your grandpa was in one of the trucks and then my dad was in the other truck and they're trying to get her back to like the calving corral or wherever we we're pushing her and this cow like kept turning back kept turning back on us and we'd like had to like basically like make a v with the trucks to get this fucking cow into the into the pen to get the cab pulled out of her but yeah i have fond memories at the old ashbacker ranch from back in the day yeah it's uh i mean it's a bit western out there <laughs> not a whole western. lot goes right ever but uh it's still a pretty cool place to be at. I know that. Um, I got You mentioned your dad in the in the wild horse racing, and I, I remember seeing his name in the in the record books forever. And then I don't know. I don't know. Uh, is Dale? Who is Dale to you? Is he a brother? Dale was my late uncle. Late uncle. Okay. So he in the in the eighties, you guys between Dale and and your dad, um, they won from nineteen eighty five all the way to nineteen ninety two. Between the two of them, they won every wild horse racing title. From in Canadian Pro Rodeo back, and then it hasn't been in the in the uh, like as an official Canadian Championship since two thousand nine. But but they won it for what was that nine years straight? 
eight or nine years. And yeah. I know the one year they entered half the season under dad's name and half the year under Dale's name oh. and finished first and second that year. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Hey, that's a sneaky idea, too. There's a sign in Hoosier, like, <laughs> where, like in where Archie, like, where his grandpa lives that has, like, the Ashbacker brothers. Oh, Wild really? Horse Racing yeah. Champions on it. Oh, yeah. wow. Because well, they, when they won, like, because they just do a world title, too, for... Wild Horses in Cheyenne or something, or what was the deal? Uh, I think that was just Cal- uh, either Calgary or the Canadian oh, okay. title is what they call the world title. Yeah, because Calgary is the world. Yeah, because right? like, so Calgary Stampede is definitely the world. Dwayne's who got my dad into it. The world. They were they, they had a big influence. Like your oh, dad, really? Your dad and my dad, like cause my dad, had a few rodeos of, a few times with with Cole's. Dad. I remember one time we were in Coots, and my dad they needed a guy, and they went and asked. Asked your dad to go in it with him, and they won. They won the rodeo in Coots. Like it just, Dwayne's like the pioneer. Was the pioneer of wild horse racing in Canada. Oh, and the cat wild cow milking too. We got one in nineteen ninety one and ninety six in the wild cow milking. Yeah, couple more titles. Yeah, they won a couple titles in that too. Him and that was him and my uncle. It was all three brothers in the horse racing, and then my dad and my uncle in the cow milking. And was the cow milking then? Was it one guy roped, one guy milked? Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Yep. Because it there's a bit of variation to it. Yeah, but. but that was like the cowboy way of doing it. Huh. Back in the day, because then in Calgary they used fun. to do it where they have like they do the wild horse race and they have sixteen teams of wild horse racers at one All time. At the same time, and then do sixteen teams of sixteen teams of wild cow milking at one time. I think it was oh, as many as twenty. Was it twenty? Yeah, in a couple of years they had twenty shoots. Yeah, right? they had twenty working mm-hmm. shoots at yeah. Calgary. Is yeah, that right? I think that's what it was. Dang. Yeah, it's crazy. Did those used to count for the all around too? I don't know this. Did they know. were they considered major <laughs> events at the time? I I, I don't know if that was the case or not. It doesn't look like they won it, so maybe it didn't count because they probably could have otherwise. Huh. So this this leads us into like, did you ever get into wild horse racing with your dad or anything, or do you ever make you too young try it? Or, you but even, but even, as, even growing up though, you still are around it. Like, did you ever want to give it a go? Yeah, I I wild horse raced uh, at the hometown rodeo in Arrowwood uh, a couple of different times, and then we even uh, man, I would have been sixteen maybe the time. But my dad, my brother, and I all wild horse raced in Brooks at a New Year's Eve deal. <laughs> all on the same team. He would have been, oh gosh, he'd have been 55 or something. Yeah, yeah. Like he was pretty, Did you guys he was win? pretty old. We we got third. He, got he was the pretty one. old. <laughs> they were dad's. Sorry, Dwayne. <laughs> they were dad's horses. And he said, there's one horse in there. It's a stud stud horse. And it's the only it's one tame. I wouldn't want. And that's the one we drew. Oh, no. And, uh, that's a classic. This, this is, is where I was old this time. He, uh, he actually let go. And I've never seen him run so fast to catch up because we got we still got it done. Your place. dad doesn't let go of horses like that's a and rare that's that, a rare thing. Yeah, he was mad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was not letting that happen. Um, we got to ask about I got to ask about Doug Young. Tell us about Doug a little bit. Doug, we've asked Doug to be on the show a few times, but he won't he won't do it. What do we got to do to get Doug on the show? Oh man, I don't yeah, know. I I uh, it's been a long time since I've got to sit around and visit with Doug, but. Uh, yeah, I'm really not too sure. <laughs> he it, he'd be good for this because like literally every rodeo that I've worked with him and I probably, like did a bunch this summer. Like he'd have a new like Archie Ashbacker story. Like cause, really, because he was still around. Because like, my when my dad was at Archie's too. Like he'd be around. Like, my dad would bring his horse his horses over to to Doug to get shod and stuff back in the day. And really, yeah, it's it's so there's some of them are wild. I, I can't. I don't want to. I want to save them for when we get Doug on the show because I can't do them justice like he can. But they're <laughs> like. Like we'll have to call hilarious. I'll have to call Cole when we have uh, and Dwayne <laughs> with the Doug just to verify the truth or not of the story. <laughs> is this truth or is this real? Yeah, true, um, true or not. So, wh- how did you guys get led into the stock contracting business? I know like you guys have have been doing that for a really long time and packing the to some of the best steer riding cows in the, in the country for a long time and producing your guys' own rodeos. So yeah, Grandpa years ago they would buy packages of horses off like just random wild horses for not very much money and they'd just dummy buck or buck every one of them and get a p- 
pen of horses that kind of bucked and uh, got to where they would pack them with different guys. And that that happened when from when my grandpa started that years ago. And like I said, Dad, he got a love for bucking horses, and he kind of carried it on, and that it continued on with the PMU barns, and he had a lo- he had a lot of bucking horses for a long time. And uh, yeah, he we started getting some bulls mixed in with Carl Barrett Prairie Rodeo, uh, and putting on some of our own rodeos. And there was a lot of years where we put on quite a few amateur rodeos, and he subcontracted pro rodeos. Um, yeah, just kind of kept it kept involved with that way and it's kind of died out a little bit we're not putting out like we're not raising near as many bucking horses and with uh me me gone it's put a lot of i mean it's a lot more work for dad by himself uh, but the whole family does help out i can't say, i can't say anything about that they've been pretty awesome so we've kind of pushed back on the whole rodeo producing and focus more on the steer riding cattle dad Dad loves helping kids out with that and making sure that they have proper cattle to learn on. Well, and your dad got in a really bad wreck a few years ago in riding on stone. He got got mocked out by a bull on the back pins or something. Do you tell that story? Yeah, in Cardston, just had a a gate that was kind of bent and it didn't slam latch, and the bull ran him over and camped on him for a while. Nobody really knows exactly how long he was getting camped on because nobody was back there, mm. but he had managed to drag himself out of the out of the alley and get to where he was safe and they he wanted to just drive home they ended up making him go to the hospital in Cardston for x-rays just to make sure there was no internal stuff or anything and from when I had heard about it it went from he was getting taken to Cardston just to get checked out to getting an ambulance ride to Lethbridge to make sure like the Cardston hospital wasn't quite equipped for it uh, to emergency surgery in Lethbridge, being uh, transported to Calgary, open, Jesus, still open. Uh, they was too much for Lethbridge to handle at that point, wow. and spent two weeks in the ICU in Calgary. Damn, holy shit! What, what were the what were the injuries? I I, I don't remember what ha- what that was. He had broken every single every single rib on the right side of his body and seven on the left and lots of them were in two spots like had ribs floating inside him and punctured along uh lacerated his liver and he was gonna drive home after yeah he he was thinking he was just gonna drive home and have a rest and you go good tomorrow (laughs) yeah we're pretty glad that they convinced him to go get checked out well not yeah even like and he's getting around pretty good these days like after that like that was I remember hearing about it, and I, that was a scary. That's a scary, scary deal. Because yeah, your dad's like one of the as tough as they make them. So yeah, he figured it aged him about twenty years. Yeah. He, he he thought that uh, he was in that good a shape that he was twenty years younger than what he actually was. I believe it, man. But uh, we like to tell him he's not quite <laughs> in as good a shape anymore. <laughs> well, and it's it's been good to see him. Like he's like still like it didn't it seem like it didn't like sour him up too much. Like you said he's still hauling the steer riding cattle around. He brought the cow. I I won the wild cow racing and cock and rodeo this year. No big deal. And your dad brought the cows. So <laughs> always like did always you pick always the right one. Always, the always, right one? I, actually, uh, I think we did pick the right round right right one. But it's always good to tame an ashbacker cow. You know, there's always the the bad ones going down the trail. <laughs> I was gonna uh, say you must have had him tell you which one was the. I'm not gonna say. Gonna I'm not gonna anybody. say anything. I'm not gonna say anything. But we may or may not have had a conversation before the rodeo. But that's what. <laughs> well, that's what I get for have for being part of the production crew. So it's true.
So I remember ra- writing an article about the steer riding a while ago, and then we had a conversation about it because it was like I talked to a bunch of folks and we talked about different things and and uh, and I fucked it up pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> so Cole, Cole, give, so give, me give a the people give the people a little overview down. of the article. Yeah, um, to who I may not have read it, but yeah. Well, I got a I got another question about that way too. But anyway, so I wrote a piece on my website like on everything cowboy. This is quite a while ago now, but it was called like the Great Canadian Steer Riding Debate because there's there's the steer riding cows and there's, you know, like in the last, what would it be, like the last 15 years? Well, it's almost 20 years because I remember the Brahma cows and I was going like oh three oh four, but they kind of came on like r- right around then, did they not? Yeah, it would have been, it would have been about then. I think it was like Brad Mead and Tommy Thielen kind of yeah, were the... originally, right? Were the, they started that. Where in they the early 2000s kind of thing? They're brahma bucking bred cattle yeah. for the for kids and got to where there was consistent cows that were turning back and bucking a heck of a lot harder than just your run in the mill run yeah. and shoot to guys herd of replacement heifers so i so, won my first buckle my first year riding buckle on a brad mead cow in raymond alberta oh really day. um times. well so is that you say box springs uh at raymond raymond oh yeah. okay but but so the, so at the CFR, so there's a few different things to the story here, but at the CFR, the steer riding ended up taking like 30 minutes or something stupid for like six kids in like somewhere in the early 2000s, like, like, two, like 99, 2000, 2001, somewhere in there. And then, or no, because the last one was 02, and it was so bad, it was so long, and they didn't have good cattle for the CFR, like they just probably ran in some... Like, I don't know what some it would have been. For some beef heifers, It would have been somebody's replacement heifers, yeah, I'm right? pretty sure. Yeah. As yeah. W- the way I understood it, anyways. Yeah. So so it's great to have the steer riding at the CFR, but if it takes half an hour in your production at the rodeo, when it should take 12 minutes or less, right? Like, how do you justify having that and having mm-hmm. a shit show and having 17 re-rides? So the Brahma cattle came in as a, as a, ta- like a tamer, shoot-broke kind of version of cattle that the people would know, and... But then I think it got a little carried away. I think part of the issue was that there was some rank ones. Like remember when I was going, I was knocking my helmet off and like getting kids are getting knocked out and mucked out and like there was one that they marked a Calgary here in 04. I got on one they marked forty five points, a forty five <laughs> point cow would have been ninety <laughs> points in the steer riding when I was fourteen. Well, years the West old. boys were like ninety. Like Ronnie Lonnie has a record; he's ninety two in Camrose in the steer riding, <laughs> right? So, so I think it just I think uh, the cow the cattle needed. At these rodeos, what I what I missed in what I wrote was the Brahma cows aren't all that bad if they're the right ones that aren't the ones that are killing the kids off. Yeah. You want to have a tame cow in the chute that's going to buck and be solid above a re-ride but not a 96-pointer that's going to gonna knock your head off. So I missed the, that window where I said the all the Brahmas were bad where Cole told me, he's like, no, that's not right. And I was like, oh, fuck, like, I'm sorry that I didn't realize this or know better enough right so so i'm sorry that i did that but i <laughs> i think that we're in a better place now though right like i think it's come a long ways and there's way more steer riders at these events now again oh like, it's awesome yeah like it's it's really like i think it's kind of like we had the rank ones and it's like hey guys like you're fucking carried away here these things are too much for these kids because you gotta like i learned on the ones that ran across the arena because i could get the feeling for it and kind of know what the hell was going on and you know, like a guy, that's where, like, that's probably where you learn too, right? You don't learn on the rank ones. You eventually figure out on the rank ones, but the ones you learn on is ones are 
you know, just give you a chance to stay up. on. Yeah, but having those tame Brahma cows in the shoots is a huge difference. The ones that get packed all the time and they know the drill. Yeah, I like I said, I when I had quit, it was because I went to a Little Britches rodeo and I got on a, it was either a Heaven on Earth or a Shiver and Shake <laughs> weanling. Wow. That kicked over its head and turned back right there in the latch and it front flipped me off. Like it wasn't bad. It was so small that mm-hmm. it, it didn't hurt me there. But it spooked me enough that I was like, I don't, why would I ever do this again? Yeah, yeah. So when I did uh, begin riding steers again, Dad put me on the like the cow I got on. It was a beef cow, but he had bucked it a handful of times at his rodeos, and that kind of paved the way for our Brahma cow mm-hmm. uh, deal now, where this cow would kick like four times, and I'd get rocking off to the side and then it would stop and eat grass in the corner of our arena (laughs) (laughs) and dad dad would run up and sit there stop standing still and he'd say well square yourself up and he'd run up with a hook bent in half and whack it on the ass (laughs) and uh (laughs) and i'd have like yeah i'd have probably a minute and a half riding the same cow oh wow where it was like eight rides in one it was a great learning deal for me and it got to where i would run, he, I could enter any rodeo that had beef cows. Like, I went a full year of dad would only let me enter his rodeos because he had strictly beef cows, hmm. where that's, I kudos to him. And then the next year, I, like, for that, like, I got I got my confidence up. I rode. I, I, I placed once or twice. Like, it wasn't anything crazy. But you're staying on getting but that I, confidence. But I stayed on. Yeah. I got my confidence. I wasn't getting hurt. And going forward the next year is when I finally got to enter some of them Brahma cow rodeos. And, I mean, I was off and running. I was mm. a bit bigger. I was able to handle myself a little better. Yeah. Well, it's like Ted mentioned, though. Like, you learn to ride, like, the basics and the, get the foundation of it. You build up your confidence. You build that foundation to be able to ride, like, the rank cows. And then when it comes time to do it, it's almost, like, it's not it's not as hard as it would be if you're just get going into entering these rodeos with all these rank cows and shit. Yeah, and that's where... I think I, I give a lo- whole lot of credit to my dad because he wouldn't let me enter those mm-hmm. rodeos that were over my head at the time. And but some some parents don't know the difference. Yeah, and that's right? like, yeah. Some parents don't know. That's where what I've I've found with our company as as that factor is we have where our pro rodeos, the CPRA rodeos, we take a little higher level cows, and then the the FCA, the Chinook, the the lower level, the CCA rodeos, even sometimes. We'll take those uh, cows that are a little nicer. They aren't going to, we're not going to take the ones that are going to turn back right there. Or you take the two-year-old cows, same thing. They don't quite have enough power. There's something that kicks a little harder and might test the odd guy. But you can, you can kind of control what each kid's getting on. And that's where we as a contractor are talking to the families that are entering kids that are taking their kids that might not know. And, uh, and telling them, like, maybe you should be going to these rodeos or come to these ones. This is the cows. We've had lots of t- uh, dads, uh, steer riders, call dad and say, hey, what cows are you taking to this rodeo? Mm-hmm. Like, is it going to be over my kid's head? Or, and I've even seen it with, like, uh, Bo Gardner is late. I packed him to a rodeo, and Nate told me. He said, if you think that the cow he draws is over his head, turn him out. Really? That's, that's I mean, and you can do that. I mean, it's, it, look what it's done for Bo. He's kicking ass. Like, yeah, he's doing the very amateur well. level. Like, he's he's doing it the right way. And it worked for Quentin Taylor as well. Uh, I watched his dad wouldn't let him. He was the season leader in the FCA the one year, and his dad didn't let him enter the FCA finals. Really? Because he won all the money. He was tiny. He was 
nine or ten years old, and he won all his money all year. He pretty well won every beef cow rodeo they had at the FCA <laughs> that year. Yeah. Never went to a single Brahma cow rodeo. Mm-hmm. So Dang. why would he go from riding beef cows all year to go to the finals to getting on Brahma cows that the one pen of them is going to spin and, yeah. and turn back in the gate? And not a lot of those kids are going to ride them anyways. No. Yeah. And, he, and Lindsay, I, like, I, I've said this a lot to a lot of people. I gave Lindsay a whole lot of credit. I didn't understand it at the time. I said, well, shoot, you're the season leader. Why are you not going to the finals? Mm-hmm. But when I got it explained to me and understood, I give Lindsay a whole lot of credit for that because it made Quentin, I think, a better mm-hmm. cowboy and probably saved him getting hurt or something like that. Well, it's, it's the con- I think for the, the biggest thing is like the confidence, like you building up that confidence and being able to ride things. And like Cody Custer talks about a lot with the bull riding. It's like you should be riding bulls that are tier level and staying on and making good rides rather than getting your head drove in the dirt every time you get on something and i think you can that could be attributed to how many steer riders we're seeing nowadays like ted said like more people are taking that like that duty of care almost to like do it the right way and and like kind of build a strong foundation to become better and then when it does time to take that next step you have a lot of confidence you have the skills you need to do well like rather than a lot of times i think even even like me growing up, like I just jumped in to start entering rodeos, like going to CC, and that was in the CCA stuff, the A pool and B pool of like junior bull riding. Like we're we're getting on like twenty point bulls, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with I two hands. That. That, yeah, like it was fucking crazy. I I got on. Uh, well, talking about throwing them in, like I entered Calgary one year, and it was right when I was just starting, and I actually uh, I got a re ride on my first one, and the cow that was the re ride was the same cow that Lonnie jumped out and was 85 and a half on two days later. And then he actually set the Canadian record with 92 on the same cow the next year. Damn. So I was 11 or 12 years old, had no idea what was going on. I mean, the lucky thing about that cow is she jumped four feet in the air and I had no idea. I rode her for six and a half seconds and didn't even realize that she was bucking that hard. You're going to be a hundred basically. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> so, uh, how legit was the 92 of Lonnie's? <laughs> I didn't get to see it, actually. I saw a video of it one time. I don't really remember. I just wanted to throw that in there. It could, Some, be, it could be one of those things. I think, I think. I don't know, like, not taking anything away from Lonnie. Probably was, like, so... It's his highest, like, people, It's almost his highest mark ride ever, like, besides Pinocchio this year. People seeing it. He just like, finally beat it in the bull riding in 2000, like, 20. That's kind of funny, like, actually. We, gotta have, we should later. have him on and talk about that. <laughs> nine years later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How does it feel to finally break your own record in the bull riding? But, like, it probably was one of those things, like, if you were there watching it, you, like, you couldn't believe your eyes. Like, this little tiny kid is riding this cow that's, like, bucking, like, a blowing oh, yeah. up in the air and spinning. It's, like, man, I would have, like, marked him 100 if I would probably just well, really. It's, like, the time, uh, so the year I went to the the CFR for steer riding, it was in Strathmore. Because Donnie Joe, like, made sure to have it there mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of just being nothing. Because was, well, it wasn't the CFR for those three years. It was, like, it was a way till yeah. I think it came back in 08. Yeah. But from, like, 03, 04 to 08, it was, out, it was gone. So just had the finals in Strathmore, but but Ty Patton was like eighty seven and a half on a cow at the finals, and that was like a big deal because that was a maybe with the highest mark right at the time, and then yeah, it just pre- progressively got higher till Lonnie was ninety two. Oh god! And then I think everybody realized like this is kind of fucked up. We're trying to raise these kids to be you know rodeo athletes because the steer riders like you know I went on to be a bull rider. I did, wasn't very good. You know, Wacey went. Did you? You did some. Stu- you had junior bull riding, and yeah. like I, when I, it's it like you get on. It was so funny. You'd go to the, the rodeos in the CCA, and you get on bulls, and you mm-hmm. come out to Alberta and be like Brad Mead's cows or Tom Thielen's cows, like yeah. at the Chinook, like the co-approved rodeos. So yeah, yeah, so, steer, it's still all steer riding, but, but still. So you go from uh, 
my point being is that not all the steer riders become bull riders. Where we kind of got on a train where it was like these guys are going to be professional bull riders after. Where the steer riding, like you know Don, you know Donny Joe, Don Johansson, who's on the show before episode fifty, we did it with Chad mm-hmm. and him. Um, but like, there's a lot of kids that went to the steer riding school of Don's that are still involved in rodeo. They might be rodeo fans. They might be you know bronc riders now. They might be calf ropers. Whatever. They might be bulldoggers. Like you can do a lot of different things. It, but that's one of your first introductions to rodeo for a lot of mm-hmm. folks is that steer riding school. And if you don't give them a good experience then and you go get on a, uh, like a brown cow and get knocked the fuck out when you're a kid on some of the good ones, like, like how does that make you want to come back and be a rodeo do it again. person? Yeah. We've got to have that entry-level Timbits hockey for rodeo where it's not just, you know, that's a good analogy, welcome to the nice. big leagues. And and even if it even if you don't end up being involved as a competitor or anything, whether, whether you... <laughs> end up as a sponsor that's throwing yeah. thousands of dollars Maybe. it worked for a, you could end up being a construction worker get high up in a construction company yeah, or an insurance knows? company and you're then you're sponsoring rodeos mm-hmm. yeah. and you, as long right. as you had that love for rodeo and a good experience a good experience, yeah. good experience yeah. like you had said yeah you so, want to be involved in rodeo going forward so i fucked up with my article <laughs> <laughs> but long story short brown cows aren't all that bad just got to have the right ones and have a selected pen of cattle. So I appreciate what you guys are doing on that side of things to make sure. That I was going to, I was going to say the, the steer riding in Cochrane was awesome this year. Like the it's best like, event. Yeah. It's, it's one great. bull rider. I think there's, there's six, there were six steer riders a day, but like the, it was an even pen of cows. All those kids like had a really good chance to stay on. Like, I, I thought it was great. Like nobody was like, nobody was like in over their head at all. Like that was, it was really good to watch. And I think dad had even said there was a lot of kids that that was their, like third, fourth rodeo, yeah, and yeah. they were staying on. They were excited when they got off. Like he was, he's he gets really excited about that. Like yeah. he he loves seeing kids be happy afterwards. Yeah. Whether they buck off, whether they stay on, he wants to keep them kids involved in rodeo. Well, he gives them, a shit. Yeah, make them nice. learn something. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Does that wrap up our steer riding conversation? Do you need to take anything out of me? <laughs> like, yeah, you this up. No, no, <laughs> no. I'm That's good. That's good. I just I just kind of laughed at it with him. I said, "What is you don't going want on Dwayne mad at you?" Because <laughs> it kind of like made some rounds. Like I think it started the conversation at least. Like I, it was kind of on the tail end of it. I think for the most part, like I don't even know when it was. Now it was quite a few years ago, but well, there's been, been an uptick in steer riding since. We can't lie. We can't deny that. Like, there's, there's, there's so been many an steer uptick riders. In the steer yeah. riders. Like if you look at the numbers, like there's been more recently. So people kind of I think paid attention. Yeah. Am I am I not wrong? Like I know it's not. Yeah. Absolutely. I at least created a bit of a. But <laughs> that's some conversation. That's the main thing. Right having that conversation, right? Is especially with with rodeo and trying to get new app people involved and competing and all that kind of stuff. You got to do it. Build people up the right way. Like you say, having those look at hockey or soccer all the stuff like at the grassroots level they do such a good job developing new people to the sport i think rodeo needs to to, con- to continue to improve that and make it a better place to grow like like athletes whether it be cowboys cowgirls or people involved like yeah so i mean it's got to happen we need, we're, we're look at the amateur level like you said there's one bull rider there's three saddle bronc riders there's no yeah. bareback riders like the steer riding and these events are what kind of intros people to those to yep. rodeo and to those events i mean we need to do a good job of like you say, making sure they have a good experience, making sure they're happy no matter what happens. Yeah, we don't have thousands and thousands of kids showing up no. to start out like Timbits Hockey has. Like, <coughs> we need to try and figure out a way as like as rodeo to keep rodeo alive. We need to figure out a way to have those those uh, bringing in new kids because it seems like everybody that everybody that's coming into rodeo is was around rodeo when they were younger. Mm-hmm. Their their dad rodeoed, their grandpa rodeoed. Mm-hmm. They don't have anybody that 
had never rodeoed before. There's very few. And if you look back a lot of years, like there was a Connor Hamilton that was not a rodeo family. There's, mm-hmm. there's only a couple kids that end up rodeoing mm-hmm. full time that weren't from a rodeo background. Yeah. So, and there's, and there's still lots of kids that have a rodeo background that decide they aren't going to go to a rodeo background. So it's, it gets to where we got to find some way to keep bringing new, new kids into this sport. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, I think that, well, and I think, I think the, the big thing too, like Ted mentioned it, I think the realization that they don't have to be bull riders after riding steers is huge. Like there's, you got girls competing in the steer riding now you can go on to do so many different things. Like it's just, it's kind of like, it's like the gateway drug of rodeo, like <laughs> really and truly. <laughs> although, right? Like, although now there's more of the junior high and the high school, like, but, but for me, the steer riding was a step one and I didn't really catch on till Pinoca. Yeah. When I got lucky and met Don, cause I didn't even know, like I didn't know shit all about anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I was a new guy, totally, totally new to it. And I never really caught on till, till I met Don and he was in the shoot with me there in 2003. It was, you know, Pinoca stampede. Oh, three. If it wasn't for that day in Pinoca, uh, meeting Don and, and, him jumping in the shoe with me, like I wouldn't be, I probably would have never stayed on again and just faded away and been a carpenter or something. Yeah. Right. Like, but I, but I, you know, fell in love with that. I figured it out that day. Honestly, that day in Pinocchio when Donnie jumped in the shoot on a, on a reroute I had. And yeah, he said, come to the school. So next year I went to the school and like, that was that a career changing day. Right. So, so, uh, even look, look back at the qualifiers and the CFR for the steer riding, like, how many guys who aren't bull riders or who like, have gone on to compete in other events? Like, it's pretty cool. Like, how that's if if people look at it that way rather than like for some people it is a stepping stone to move on to the next level of bull riding. But I mean, you're just not you don't have to go into that down that pathway. But you you still can get involved in rodeo and find a way to to to, to compete. Yep, absolutely, I agree with that one. Um, so I want to get into to the saddle bronc riding side of things now. What what led you to that decision aside from any other, I guess like maybe the bull riding or other events? Like, was it, were you always drawn to that or was there a bit of influence from your family or? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so when I was done riding steers, I was pretty convinced I was going to ride bulls and broncs. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, I mean, I, we, I grew up looking at pictures and stuff of dad riding broncs and I, that was cool to me. Mm-hmm. And what, going to all those rodeos, it just looked like something you could be involved in for a lot of years. And it's, it, such an art form to, it looks to me it looked to me like as a young kid that that's what i wanted to do was ride bulls and bronx well it came up to where i uh i kind of got told by my mom that i would be taken out of the will i would lose my any chance at the ranch i'd be kicked out of the house uh <laughs> if i rode bulls so let's go like that Ted. it ended up being just bronx for me <laughs> <laughs> well and then so talk about getting started like did you do you think you had a bit of an advantage with your family like owning bucking horses and talk about your the learning curve getting to where you are now and, and kind of that all that stuff yeah i i think definitely being involved in the contracting side of things i uh i got i was fortunate enough that i knew the contractors so when i went to my first school uh john duffy ran me in the perfect first horse it was a skeeter thurston school and dad had talked to John beforehand, so I had a bit of an edge. I got I got the right horses the whole mm-hmm. school, uh, and then John even sent the two that were perfect practice horses home with us. So I got to take those two home and and uh, get on them a couple times on my own when I when we had the right facilities and stuff. So that helped. And then going forward with rodeoing, like in the CCA, I you can the. The novice bronc riding is not drawn. It's shoot ran. Mm-hmm. 
But remember that. As much as anybody knows, its shoot ran to a point where, oh yeah, this one ran in that shoot. Whoops. <laughs> so <laughs> and when you know the contractors, it's yeah. like, oh. And yeah. I was I was staying on horses. I was getting my feet moving. So it seemed like all the contractors, with me knowing Dad, and I'd been around. Uh, I'd go to these all the Carl Barrett's rodeos, mm-hmm. and I'd get on his colt, like his colt that he was pretty high on, that had been bucking pretty good. So I was entering the novice and the open at all these amateur rodeos, and I'd get on this bucking little colt, and usually I'd fall off the novice horse, and then be warmed up and ready to go for my open horse. And it when, and when was this? Now was this like fourteen, like twelve? 12, 13, 14, or what years was the were the was, was this? So fourteen, I was in twenty fourteen was the first time I got on Bronx at the school, and then it kind of I I think I got on at school and maybe some high school rodeos, and I entered a couple novice amateur rodeos, but then twenty fifteen is where I started entering novice and open at every amateur rodeo I could get to, so in the FCA, the CCA, the Chinook. All the southern southern associations and close uh, to home. I I got on a pile of bucking horses those years in 2015 and 2016. Doesn't doesn't it take like 200 head to figure out what's going on? Yeah, it's at least it's a lot, right? It's at least 50 head before we, it's not just black. Yeah, <laughs> like before before you use it's just subconscious. Yeah, and it's like I always say it's a blackness. Like you, I had no recollection of what happened for probably the first 50 bucking horses. <laughs> You, it's was just you're riding for me. It took me forever to like, <laughs> oh. but then I uh, I got on some cows because I wanted to be I always want to be a bronc rider, and I got on some cows with the with a saddle in New Mexico when I was at school in Hobbs, and it was a fucking disaster because it was like <laughs> I didn't I was trying to spur them out, and then I just would get bucked off and knocked <laughs> out, and like I had no clue because it was such a foreign feeling because the feeling of bronc riding and spurring a horse it's natural is, yeah it's actually backwards to what you want to do right because you want to knee up and kind of like ride the buck but actually spurring a bucking horse like a saddle bunk horse is completely opposite feeling what you're supposed to or what you think you're going to do right oh yeah and i i mean even till up in this year i had trouble keeping my shoulders back because i always wanted to sit up really? and get square and i gotta that's one of the things i gotta tell myself before each ride is to keep your shoulders back and Dang. look on that even at this point in my career Dang. like it's and you're nfr bronc well and so when did you have that moment of like like it clicked for you and it was like hey like i'm at your role and like i think everybody has that point where it's like you've been grinding for so long and you're kind of like getting stuff done but you make that really good ride you know it was like almost where you want to be you're kind of kind of get the ball rolling to to kind of lead you into the next step so i think that would have been like 2017 and i was entered in an amateur rodeo i got on a really good horse and it felt like i got tapped off really well and I, I thought I had made a pretty good ride. I was 83 points in Stetler. And uh, I was I was pretty jacked about it then. But then I took that next step and got my pro card in 2018. And it was kind of like an eye-opener. It was the first time I really went south for, uh, for a good portion of the year. And uh, I was trying to ride at pro rodeos in Canada and wasn't winning any money. I actually had to drop my card that year in 2018 and go back and amateur rodeo and get my head right i was fighting myself i was having issues with all of my riding and uh went back and went to some amateur rodeos got to where i felt like i was doing things right again and hit night hit 2019 pretty hard and that was when i've made my first canadian uh canadian finals in the open and since then it's been 
kind of uphill. I've been really focusing on honing in each, uh, honing in my skill, and um, it's it's been a long process for sure. So first CFR in nineteen, no CFR in twenty. Uh, 21, you're back and finish second in the average. Win the third round, you're 88 points on, I forget the horse now, but you were... Wild Cherry. Yeah, from Calgary. The one. Yeah, so win the round of the Canadian finals, you know, second in the average. I think, did you finish second in the country too? Yeah. 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 Reserve. Won, won the sixth round too on Yeah. Uh, Stampede Warrior that, that year. Well, how many were you that day? 86 and three quarters. Okay. So have a very successful finals. That's the end of 21, and you're going into uh 22 and you know i got i look, got looking at your stats on the prca website and it's kind of crazy because your average score was like 75 77 i didn't even know these stats really existed very much but then it was like 81 and a half and 21 and this year was 82 so it's kind of interesting to see those scores go up um i got a couple questions about that but like how much does it take <laughs> so how much does it take in the in the prca till they know you and they mark you good like how much of it is that <laughs> where it's like Oh yeah, that Ashbreaker kid. I, I know him. He rides good. He gets a he gets a twenty instead of a nineteen. Yeah, it's definitely I it's noticeable. Um I think one of the biggest things is not giving them the chance to see you uh struggle. Oh. So I think when I went down there in twenty eighteen and I wasn't riding very good, they got that picture in their mind where there's lots of guys that say you miss a horse out or you get known for missing horses out. Well, those judges are sitting there they're watching real close to see if you have them or not because they know yeah. you're known for missing a horse out. Yeah. So they got their hand on their flag before you even nod your head. So when you're known for kind of just staying on and not making not making those 22- and 23-point spur rides, they're not going to mark you the 22-, 23-point spur rides when you happen to do it because they're, they're thinking, they're looking for those mistakes that you have going through your ride. And... I, I think it's a definitely a battle where you got to have something that stands out in their mind to start and change that. And if you don't give them that chance from the start, then it's that you're set up a little mm-hmm. better to begin with. So, so what was it for you? What was your X factor that flipped the switch? I think uh, that my winter run where I those tournament style rodeos were kind of set up because I was, I, I, in my opinion, I don't know. I guess I don't like. <laughs> I, I try to be a humble guy uh where i i think i was riding pretty good all winter and it set myself up where i was riding and placing in groups where they were only looking at a single day so in a group of 10 guys i was able to place in lots of those performances and that got me through denver fort worth san antonio and houston and i mean i made the short round i think i think i made the short round at the first seven major rodeos of the year. And I, by that point I was set up, I had $35,000, one or 40,000 coming out of Houston. And that was, I mean, a third of the way to the NFR for me. Well, what was it, what was it like competing in those short rounds? Like that'd be kind of the first, your first taste of it at those big rodeos and having to compete for all that money. Like how, and and what changed from the years before where you only won 30,000 in a whole year in the PRCA? Yeah. I, I think I I ha- definitely stepped my game up. I I got looking back. What did you do back. to step it up? Uh, <laughs> I got uh, I had luckily my traveling partners helped me get my saddle set up a little better. Oh. And who, who are your uh, traveling partners too? Well, Case Thompson's who I mean he's pretty finicky with his saddles. I oh. I don't like to sit in it at all. <laughs> I, I 
I'm one of the guys that you get it set, you don't touch it when it's right. Whether you, if you have a bad ride, it's not your saddle, it was you. It's you don't change stuff. And there's guys that'll It's not the arrows. There's there's <laughs> definitely guys that will be oh, I had a bad ride, I got to change something. Huh. And so I I mean, I ride a set of stirrup leathers a lot longer than most guys do. You're I, pretty I, tall though. But at the same point, like there's guys that'll change their stirrup leathers out uh, four times a year. Oh wow, Jesus! And I went two straight years with the same set of stirrup leathers. (laughs) Oh, so they're pretty wore out. Oh, they were. Oh yeah, they were broken and ripped, and probably shouldn't have been riding them with them for a second year. But it's I I don't know. It's to me, it's everything I can do, and I so I started focusing on keeping my body in better shape and and just making sure that I make every ride as perfect as I possibly can. And I think it made uh, made a difference in my riding, and it <laughs> got me to where I am now. So um, what are, what were some of the big uh, wins on the year? I saw you got a big check out of uh, San Juan Capistrano later in the year. I think uh, I maybe saw something in Ellensburg and Pialop as well. But uh, finished 12th on the season, about 112,000 or 103. What was the number? Uh, 118 or 117, 118,000. Okay, so 100-and-some-thousand on the season. Uh, make your first NFR. When did you know you were going, and what did it mean to you to get, like, to know that you made it? Because, you, you know, you, were, you weren't that close the last few years. Honestly, you were, like, 30th, 40th. Like, it wasn't like you finished 16th. Yeah, the highest I had ever finished before this year was, I think, 32nd in 2021. Yeah, like there's been people that'll go for years and be 16, 17. Mm-hmm. A guy like Clayton, the door. Clayton Moore has never made it, but has been top 20 probably five times. Yeah, right? I, I was always pretty nervous all year about whether I was in or not. I I had said at the start of the year, I figured it was going to take $100,000 to make the NFR. So you get 100... Inflation, thanks, Joe Biden. <laughs> and, and you get 100 uh, rodeos that count. So I said, if I can ride and win a thousand bucks per rodeo average, I, I think I'll go to the finals. And any any rodeo that you made more, that gives you either the ability to say, oh, I don't want to get on that horse that's not very good. I don't want to look bad in front of judges that might might affect what they see next the next ride. So each of those rides gives you a bit of leeway, or you can stub your toe. I, there's definitely rides in the year that. I look back on that. Oh man, I definitely could have could have done better here, or I could have done this differently. So that's how I started my year off looking at it. And when it came to Pialop, Washington, the since since playoffs, they that was kind of I placed second there, and it paid nine thousand to win the second in the short round. And that was kind of the moment where I, that put me over the put me over the 10 or 105,000 anyways. But I, I rodeoed my butt off right till the end of the season. And, uh, just because I was still nervous, I didn't want (laughs) to, didn't want to screw something up until I knew I was in there until that 30th of September hit is when I finally said, Holy crap, I'm, I'm in. You're going, (laughs) what does it mean to be the first Ashbacker to make the NFR? How many else have, how many others have tried? How many, you know, are you the first one to really give it a full go? But like, for a family like yours in Canada to be the first one is pretty pretty major. It's a huge accomplishment. Yeah, I, I really never thought of it that, that way because uh, <laughs> Dad didn't rodeo. Uh, I remember going to my uh, Winston Bruce school where he came up and found me. He said, you know, I was always mad when your dad quit riding Bronx because I thought he had some talent, he, but he needed to work on it. And uh, 
that that hit home pretty good for me when Winston said that to me. And uh I mean he did he had very very good success wild horse racing and everything, but nobody ever they they went, only went down to the states very few times, but that was for wild horse racing at the time. So I'm really the first one that's tried and spent a bunch of time down across the border and I guess it means a whole lot. I, I never thought of it that way. Well, and you like you kind of like touch on like the new, you're kind of part of the new wave of Canadian saddle bronc riders that are kind of taking over the PRCA. Like there's other almost half of the bronc riders at the NFR. Are yeah, six Canadian of guys. 15, like so, talk a bit about that. Like what it, like what it means to be part of that, and kind of why do you think that we're having so much success south of the border? So they they actually set a record last year. I. My understanding was in 1978, they had five Canadians make the finals in the bronc riding. I'm going to get my book. I'll figure this out. And, I'll mark uh, down. But that was including uh, oh, that was including an Aussie that married into Canada. Yeah. yeah. Uh, why am I, no, why am I blanking on this now? Glenn O'Neill? Glenn. That was including Glenn yeah, yeah, as yeah. a Canadian. Mm-hmm. But then uh, somebody just told me last week that there was one other time back in the days of Mel... Mel Highland and those guys that there were five mm-hmm. Canadians made it in one year, and then last year they tied that with five Canadians, and this year we got six. We set a new new record for Canadians mm-hmm. in the saddle bronc riding. Okay, for some uh, I could very well be seven with like a guy like Ben like didn't have as strong of a year as he. Or Kays has been right there a couple times. There could be eight Canadians. There could be ten. Honestly, who are the ten? If you look at guys that were right there with Ben was just on the outside looking mm-hmm. in uh Jake Watson who's been oh, there yeah, a few Jakey, times yeah, yeah. that w- that was pretty close to I think he was 24th mm-hmm. or something in the world uh there's a uh, Dawson Dom who is, I oh, think yeah. in my opinion is a very underrated saddle bronc rider because and he kicked ass this year at the CPRA yeah and he he's a very talented bronc rider and I keep telling him he needs to go more because he needs to get yeah. out of the house and he's good enough to have a chance to make it yeah and then there's a case who was 16th last year uh like there's 10 guys at at one point this year or last year i guess at one point last season there were 10 canadians in the top 30 in the world wow one Dang. third of the top 30 in the world were Damn. canadian bronc riders so for so, for so, uh, for reference here so i got my 2015 media <laughs> guide where i went through everything and there are some pretty crazy times in the 60s here. So 1965, 1965, we've got Winston Bruce, number two, with 23,000 on the year that he got. A <laughs> big year. Yeah, Marty Wood was fourth. Marty Wood's also a three-time world champion for the record books there. Kenny McLean was seventh. Uh, Wayne Vold made the NFR 1965, so that was four in 1965. Three, uh, Marty, Winston, and Wayne in 1966. 67, we had five. Marty Wood, Winston Bruce, Mel Highland, Kenny McLean, and Tom Buse. Yeah. But Tommy Buse replaced Ned Londo in the NFR in 1967. So technically, that might not be a legitimate qualification inside the top 15. So you could say four with a, five with an asterisk. But there were six in 1968. Really? You've got Mel Highland, fourth. Kenny McLean, fifth. This is the final world standings as well. Then you got Tom Buse, 6th, Ivan Danes, 10th, Marty Wood, whose address is Diamond, Missouri, but he's still Canadian from Bowness. Yeah. Um, and then Winston Bruce is 15. So you got uh, Mel, Kenny, Tom, Ivan, Marty Wood, Winston Bruce. That's six. So you guys didn't break a record. It's tied. Well, we tied But it. not everybody looks at the record books like this. Hasn't gone through yeah. every hey, year <laughs> to find it. There's but some motivation yeah. for so 23. It's a tie. <laughs> it's a tie. So you got to get to seven. So uh, I think there's a chance we can do it. 
Oh, I think absolutely. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. So well, anyways, you get, get K's back for healthy for a season. Yeah, exactly. Ben's Ben's got all the tools there to be be great too. So I mean, the same with so many guys. So many Dawson's guys. Yeah, you know. And, and then there's some young guys coming up, like Quentin Taylor made the short round of Cheyenne. And yeah, Q's rank. Uh, there, there's a handful of younger guys that mm. are that are not far away from it either. So, so why do you think there's been this influx of great Canadian saddlebunk riders? What's what's the deal, man? It goes back to these years, honestly. You well, guys are fourth, fifth, sixth, or not fourth, but like third, fourth generation bronc riders in Canada. I, I think that's part of it, but I think it was definitely uh, paved the way by, well, Zeke, Clay, Jake, and mm-hmm. Leighton. Mm-hmm. I think there was a lot of guys, well, when we were looking up to it, in 2016, Zeke won the world. That just yeah. opened up Canadians' eyes that you a Canadian can go down there and compete and and do win good, yeah on the world stage so uh you look at something like that that drove a whole group of us there was a whole like logan dawson ben colby myself dawson dom like there's a whole group of those guys that sat there and watched clay and zeke and layton and that crew go and win and make the finals well holy crap like that that drove us to work on our mm-hmm. work on our skills to get to that point like we had to, we had to beat Clay and Zeke and those guys just to make the Canadian finals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it made us better. The competition. I mean, we're sitting there driving each other. We're helping each other out. We're, we're, the comp the competition makes mm-hmm. better skilled at anything. So when you have that many good guys going, like it made it made rodeos in Canada this year really hard because Saddlebunk Ryan's the best event to watch and at Canadian rodeos, man, it's awesome. You might piss some guys off saying that. Now but. a bull rider, but, <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, like it's really cool to be a part of because there's it's so tough mm-hmm. that it makes it that much more fun. Like when you when you beat them guys, you feel pretty good about yourself. You you beat some good bronc riders, mm-hmm. so but you still want them doing good too at the same point. Yeah, yeah, so it's totally. Pr- it's pretty cool. Well, and you, and we have the the horsepower we have up here too. Like you're beating those guys, you're beating them on the best horses in the world at some of the biggest events too. So I think there's a bit of like gonna attribute some of that like to having the access to the amazing horses that we have. Like look at look at the events like Pollockville and those ones. Like you're smashing world records every year. It seems like there now. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, the bronc the bronc power in Canada is second to none. Mm-hmm. We got our list for the Canadian finals, and it's gonna be some dang good bronc in there. Right. I think. Yeah. Um, another another year, <laughs> a little earlier, 2001, we had five Canadians. If you include Glenn O'Neill, though. So we're talking about year, year, that's the year yeah. we were talking about. Where, oh, one. Because Glenn was living in Canada at the time. Yeah, not technically Canadian yet. So, but yeah, what would I say? 67? 1967. 1967 yeah. So that's the top. And then we had, uh, then there was five again. And if you include uh, uh, Glenn in, you know, 04, like the early 2000s, you had Rod Hay, Rod Warren, uh, Glenn O'Neill and uh, and Denny Hay making it a few times as well, so pretty pretty cool. And and we also flirted with a record too for the most Canadians to make the finals. Uh, I had eleven in nineteen ninety two, um, including Rayel Robinson. She was in the WPRA at the time, so with, when it was kind of a little more separated, where uh, where it didn't connect that way as much. So this year with ten with uh, Shelby Bosley in the Break in the breakaway. breakaway. So nine in the finals is. Is also pretty high compared to having, you know, one in the mid and six of them are saddlebunk riders. Yeah, in the mids <laughs> when, when you know like like Straws was the only one to go for a couple of years. Jordy was, was like was part of like the smaller crew guys. Yeah, like, right. So there's a couple. Deb Ringer was like a couple years there where it was lighter, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anyways, 
Going to the finals, what are you most looking forward to? Going to Vegas to the to the NFR. Is this your first time going? I know a lot of guys don't go until they make it. So have you been before? I don't I don't know this. So last year I went down for the futurity that they have at the start of the finals and I competed in that. And uh I went to three rounds and I I think it was Joan Unger that when she asked what I thought, that was my first time ever going to Joan, the rodeo. Isn't Joan uh um Ricky's wife, is that right? Uh yeah, that's Ricky Colby's Tiki. mom. Yeah, Ricky Tiki Wanchuk, yeah. And uh she's I who I bought the tickets off tickets off her. And she asked me what I thought, and I said, uh, I need to be here next year. So that's where I, I, I kind of based it all off that. I started putting in the work that next week. <laughs> really? Huh. After going to watch it and going to watch the finals and being that's, in there. Uh, that's rare, though, because like, like Ted said, a lot of guys won't step foot in there and, until do. But it's it's kind of neat the, the way you looked at it with, like, um, it's like a motivation. It's like, damn, like you felt the felt the atmosphere, you felt the vibes. It's like, damn, I need to be part of this. And that's what, how I started rodeo. And I went to the CFR in '02, and saw it, and was like, this yeah, is awesome. This, I want to do this. Yeah. And I think that's I, I I guess I say this. I don't know for sure. I think that's going to help me because uh, when I talked to Chet Johnson about the first time he made it, he said like it never hit until you rode in for that grand entry mm-hmm. in front of whatever it is, seventeen thousand 17, people. Yeah. And it hits you like a wall. Well, at least I got to see and know <laughs> like it's gonna. I, I know what's coming when I ride through that gate mm-hmm. for the first time. It's gonna be uh, not quite as much of a surprise. I hope. I guess. So, have you made a plan on what you're gonna uh, pick? Have you made a plan on what you're gonna pick for your uh, grand entry horse? What yeah, you get? that was gonna be my question. Yeah. What's your strategy to not get bucked off in the grand entry? As a bronc, as a bronc rider, uh, like that, would be extra, that would be extra embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I. I'm going to focus on, uh, <laughs> well, hopefully hopefully I can convince a pickup man to let me ride his horse. Do you, but like, we don't have know you made who, any calls yet? Because like, people that the NFR veterans have probably already made those calls. But cool. we don't know who's picking up yet. Oh, so okay. I'm, I'm, I'm really so can you, can hoping like, that Tyler the Kraft card? gets in there and I can yeah. convince oh, him to let Canadians, me ride. You might be able to get him in there. You guys look at the vote. Yeah. I, and I mean, voting was done. I don't know when the final, they announce who got it, but... I'm really hoping that he'll. I'll have some pull <laughs> and can maybe convince him to let me ride one of his horses. You can just can you play slow. the card like, hey man, I, I voted for you. Like, can you tell me a bone here? I need a Grand Entry horse kind of thing. Or well, would you give him one to send down there, like of your own? No, no, <laughs> I'd never. Uh, they'd probably end up bucking me off more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> but I know, like a guy like Zeke, definitely have. I know he rode one of the pickup man's horses last year, so. Got to try and pull some strings and see if I can get that. Otherwise, I mean, just hope like heck that I don't get bucked <laughs> off. Oh, Hang man. on to that, boy. Yeah. Oh, man. What Do you know what your back number is there yet? No, they haven't announced that yet. Haven't done that yet. So so have you like seeked out any advice from guys like Zeke or Leighton or Jake, the guys who've competed at the NFR like, as Canadians going down? Like, have you had conversations with them since, you, since you've qualified? Not since I qualified. I mean, I talked to Zeke a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh Definitely, I took some advice from Clay back yeah. before my first Canadian finals where he just said, try and keep it as close to what you're like rodeoing all year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's there's a lot more people around. There's a lot of people that are watching you really closely at the finals there because there's so few Canadians. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a lot of people calling you. There's a lot of people stopping to chat with you. He said, the biggest thing is trying to keep it as similar to rodeoing because you go all year. I mean... Yeah. Half of our, or more than half of our season, our whole season is all year. You're not with, you're not with your family the whole time. You're you're on the road. You're driving everywhere. Mm-hmm. You're not necessarily getting 
nine and ten hours of sleep, you're I mean, you're drinking ten the, hours of sleep. The I wish. Beer. <laughs> uh, you're not in. It's not the most ideal conditions. Mm-hmm. So when you come times for the finals, he said, just try and keep it run of the mill uh, and look at it that way. So I I took that advice for the Canadian finals in 2019, and I'm gonna try and keep it that way for Vegas. What's what are you looking? I don't. I don't know if Ted really asked it. Like it might be a little bit spin on a spin on the Ted's question, but like, what are you looking most forward to about Vegas? Like what? Like what's the one thing you can't wait to like do or be part of or like what gambling games are you what, the best? At? Yeah. What's your gambling budget <laughs> for the ten days? <laughs> Fifty bucks. Are you a gambler? I'm a gambler. Oh no, I, I like blackjack. <laughs> I like blackjack too. What hotel do they put you guys in? Do you know yet? I think we're at. I think the Broncos have been at Harrah's for the okay. last few years. So Harrah's. Hopefully, it's been renovated. Uh, it was. It looked uh, from what they told me. It was. It was pretty, okay. Pretty nice last okay. year. That's good. But uh, I think that's where they've we've been for for years. So okay. I'm, I'm expecting that's where we're gonna end up. Um, I'm I'm not gonna try and gamble a whole lot. <laughs> I think I'm. Well, I say that, but I probably will end up playing a little bit. Mm. Uh, it is Vegas. It is yeah. Vegas. I mean, I played quite a bit last year. <laughs> I had, but fun. you weren't competing. So I wasn't competing. Yeah. It was a little different. Did um, you? How'd you do? <laughs> I, I paid for my whole trip to what? Vegas and fees and meals and everything. I came out even on a Vegas trip. Oh shit, that's pretty good. That's unusual. That doesn't happen. That was, but he is a rodeo guy, so it, the budget's probably lower. Well, that was. <laughs> we drove down. We flew home. Four days with meals. Think when you rodeo entry fees. <laughs> I think I bought a couple Christmas presents and I walked oh, out. Oh shit! Even at a boy, it was a, it was. I, I was pretty pretty. So you bought, about probably that. won about what fifteen hundred, twenty five hundred. Uh, <laughs> I won twenty five hundred the first night. Oh shit! Damn, damn son. And uh, what's your strategy, <laughs> <in> blackjack? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how to count cards? <laughs> no. <laughs> Whoa! I wish. I, uh, What'd you teach I've us? Tried, what I've tried following the cards a little bit better, and it's it hard. Never though. seems to work. It's hard. Uh, <laughs> Plus, they feed you free alcohol. So mm-hmm. then it's like, uh, is that a jack or is that an ace? Yeah. Oh, that thing's, things get uh, squirrely like that. <laughs> I always just try to trust my gut. I don't know. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. It's a lot of luck, too. Oh, big time. Yeah. I mean, it's built to make you lose. You got to get lucky. What's your play on a uh, pair of eights? It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> now a gambling it's podcast. That's <laughs> 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 what's showing. I guess. If Col- it's, Col- if it's way a 10, probably not. Gonna so we're going to Cowboys. I always, I always hit sixteen. I always hit sixteens for oh. sure. But but if, two eights. Well, yeah, if I, I probably split if I was if it wasn't if a ten a seven or lower. Do you are you a bi- are you a big etiquette guy on the blackjack table? Like, do you really like care like care about the flow? That's you know, a like, game changer. You have to. You can't have yes. some dope on at playing the last cards. They fuck up. I'm not asking yeah. questions. I mean, <laughs> you don't normally hit against a sixteen, but mm-hmm. you're also gambling for yourself. So I've I've done a lot of splitting twos against a six. So we're going to Cowboys after this is over and do some blackjack. <laughs> um, what so what kind of implications does qualifying for your first NFR have for your career? Like that open the door for more sponsorship stuff, or is that kind of something you haven't thought of yet? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got I got picked up by Cinch this year, and that was nice. a pretty good deal for me. Um, is it still Jessica Whaler? Yep. Yeah. Awesome. So I I've gotten, I mean, two sponsors this year that I've never had before. And Robert uh, Timberland, right? Yeah. Ro- what's Robert Lind. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's from up by our way. Yeah. And great guy. I mean, they love rodeo up there. They're sponsoring three different bronc riders right now. Ben and who else? Layton. And Layton too. And that's awesome. uh, so, I mean, they've been really good to me. They Both my sponsors treat me great. Um, 
and then I've had some help from family and that along the way and the bank of mom uh, <laughs> the odd tank of tank of fuel from dad yeah when my card doesn't work or something yeah that's like because uh, you guys probably got tanks at the house and stuff too like yeah the uh, tanks and whatnot and uh card lock cards yeah so. yeah that's i mean awesome. it's it's back a rodeo yeah <laughs> so thanks mom and dad <laughs> so scenario time we do a new segment nfr scenario just just brought it presented by sweet pro feeds um <laughs> so you're at the round 10 of the nfr you can hand pick the horse you want to get on oh. to win the round and you know you know and write your own score write your own score what horse what what's your dream matchup in round 10 in vegas or I, round five you or, can take both tv pen nights yeah. it's kind of hard to argue with get smart i mean really yeah the horse is 20 years old but he is bucking as good as any horse it has really? this year. Um, and, I mean, they know it. That, that horse bucks. And if you can spur that horse, I mean, there's there's some tricky things that if you're doing things right and you mark that horse out good and spur him, you're going to be in the 90s every mm-hmm. time. I mean, that horse alongside, there's, I mean, there's so many good bucking <laughs> horses. But a horse like Black Tie of Sankey's, that horse, I mean, Colby just won Pendleton on it. Mm-hmm. They were 92 and a half on it. And they were, I think they were over 90 on it five times this year wow. out of eight trips. And, I mean, that horse, mm-hmm. you could definitely win any round on too. Like, there, there's so many good horses. I, I never realized that until we got in those stock selection meetings. Mm-hmm. A lot of good bucking horses that you win rodeos on all year round mm-hmm. get cut and don't make really? it to Vegas. What? Why? Because <laughs> there's 450 horses that get put on the list that are good enough to go to Vegas. Oh damn! And you have to get down to 105 horses. Damn. Right. Okay. Right. What's the what's that why like they, picking why? horses? We okay. talked about this with Sage Kimsey, like yeah. picking bulls. Is it? Do you guys get like heated with each other? Or? Uh, there, most people agree on some. There was a handful of horses where guys they were saying that people were going to have to arm wrestle or leg wrestle <laughs> over who got their way. <laughs> Uh, luckily it was over. I mean, I guess not luckily sad for us. It wasn't me arguing about it, but, uh, cause Cole's probably a good leg wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> shakes a fist at him. And, but yeah, Is sad Especially enough, you against Stetson. He's just tiny. You just, you got leverage <laughs> on those. I, boys. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I grew up leg wrestling quite a bit in Airwood, yeah. so. I'm not It's a rite of passage it. in the Asbracker family. <laughs> I'm not you can't, it. Dude, I'm Whoever bad. gets to dish up first to Christmas is the death to a leg wrestling, <laughs> progressive leg wrestling turn. <laughs> well, surprisingly, Colby is pretty good leg wrestler. So he, didn't he have to leg wrestle like for to pick a short round horse recently? Uh, no, that was... Oh, that was a was showdown that? in the that arena That was somewhere. Cade Bruno and Spencer Wright, I oh, think. Okay. That was South at Dakota. Mitch's, that was at Mitch's Bronk match in Idaho. Oh, Idaho, okay. And uh, I like that. Awesome. Colby and Lefty actually had to leg wrestle in the arena one time in Newtown, North Dakota at their rodeo for oh, who got the buckle and blanket. Right. Because oh, really? they split the win. And <laughs> I mean, I Lefty that. Lefty got trashed. It was yeah, pretty pretty sad excuse. Those Ukrainians, man. Lefty didn't Lefty didn't even know what leg wrestling was <laughs> to begin with. Oh, that's not fair. That's not fair. So that's like that's like a pool shark. He's like the leg wrestling. <laughs> leg yeah, wrestling oh yeah, Colby shark. walked all over him. <laughs> Give me those prizes. <laughs> so so um, the second part of the question we asked to Sage was like, do you have after you submit the list, do you get like contractors calling you guys being like, yo, what the fuck, dude? Like, oh. why'd you pick my horses? You have contractors calling you for two weeks straight, sending you videos, this and that. Oh, um, just like random numbers you don't have on your phone. Like, hey, look at this horse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's lots that get called. and I mean, it, it, you always Do they ever offer that. you money? 
No. <laughs> no. But, I mean, the best horses go is kind of what it ends up with. And yeah. that's kind of been our response to a lot of guys is there's a lot of good horses get cut. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's some that are splitting hairs. There's some that there's shoot procedure if you can't have your saddle yeah. pulled and roll a horse because it's yeah. going to jump and break your saddle or something. Well, and the, the that would be a reason a why a horse doesn't. Yeah, that's that yeah. would be some of the reasons why a couple horses got cut when their bucking style is good enough to get them there, for sure. So you didn't tell, or you said get smart. Okay, sufficient answer. So, okay, I have another. A Especially new, at the I, last not, NFR, too. That would be, my, it would be, in round 10 would be his last trip. Chances are a Canadian might Get on that horse. It was pretty cool. Exactly. Was really I mean, there's chance. four chances at finals. I hope it's you, man. Mm-hmm. I hope it's you. I have another new sna- uh, new segment presented by the Canadian Finals Rodeo. Um, <laughs> this one is so the NFR is known for handing out uh, very how do you, crazy. Very how crazy do you ask an NFR uh, question about the CFR? Because we all work together. It's okay. my 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 show, my rules. <laughs> 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 um, so yeah, so this new segment uh, presented by the CFR is. Um, so you know how the NFR hounds out like crazy fines throughout the show, throughout the, throughout the week. What are you most likely to be fined for that's at the NFR? Jeez, that's a tough one. Um, well, it won't be for the, the feather cause I don't, <laughs> don't wear one. I know Colby almost got in trouble for that one. Yeah. Do you think someone would sabotage you and just put a feather in your hat though? I think I'd notice if somebody <laughs> put a feather yeah, in my hat <laughs> when I, I don't, I've never wore one. So, uh, so that wouldn't be that. Um, maybe taking a while in the shoot. Mm-hmm. I'm not by far not the worst, but I think there I want to make sure the horses are Get standing right, proper yeah. and make sure it's right because it can cost you a, a lot. Mm-hmm. Twenty six thousand dollars in a round. Twenty twenty eight, almost twenty nine this year. Holy. Or fifty thousand Canadian. <laughs> How much is it. the average this year? Is it over seventy now? Over eighty is what I was understood. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Holy dynamite! That's cool. Heck yeah. So do you have a lot of people asking you for tickets and stuff now or what? Uh, I mean, there's been a few neighbors and stuff that just say, hey, like, do you get, do you get this? Do you get that? So I, I've kind of put that all on my mom. Nice. She, uh, I'm, I'm letting her be in charge of it. Uh, She's your manager. You put us on the list too, if you want. You're good. We're good. good. We got, we'll, I got to apply for our I passes. Just, I was just making a joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just let her look after that. I said, just figure it out. Um, tell me how many I need to get when it comes time and. Nice. Let you look after that. Did you find any? Did you hear from any of your uh, long lost relatives <laughs> that need tickets to the NFR now? Yeah, a few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I. I haven't had near as many people just asking for tickets or anything like that. Um, it, I've been pretty fortunate for that. People are people understand they got to buy their tickets if they want to yeah. come watch. Yeah, support your local. No, radio, I can't baby. get your flights down there. <laughs> I'm not driving. I'm not going to bring you a bunch of chew back either. <laughs> Sorry. I've, I've done that a few times. I probably, even though I shouldn't say that. I yeah. guess. We I all bring it back. I can't wait to get back down to Vegas, get some prime times. I love <laughs> so those things. So you good. can't find those. Uh, in Vegas, you can. Well, like you can't find those in Eastern America. No, they're not, I, I've had a few friends who like traveled to the U.S. and they, they've went. Even, uh, like, they the don't even know. You can't. They've never even oh, heard really? of them. Yeah, Dakota. people don't okay. even know what they are. Yeah, I can believe that. That was. They also don't know about ketchup chips, though. So. That's a Canadian thing, though. Prime times are... Yeah. Or Skittles. Or, really? or Skittles? Smarties. Or Skittles? Sorry. No, yeah, Skittles. Smarties. 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 Smarties, yeah. yeah. Smarties are different. Smarties are rockets down there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess, yes, we kind of didn't really get into the CFR. You, like we mentioned earlier in the show, you finished second in Canada last year. Um, it, was, it was... How much was the difference? Zeke was pretty far. Yeah, Zeke had, had right? like a 
$20,000 lead coming in, right? Going in, $12,000 lead going in. And uh, I placed in like five of six rounds. I think I I had an outstanding CFR. I was pretty fortunate for that. I drew really good horses and it just seemed, everything seemed to fall in place for me. Uh, And yeah, I was, because I think he won the average and I got second in the average. And I can't even remember. It might have been ten thousand that he beat me by. Okay. Maybe fifteen. Okay. I think I think the only way I had a chance of winning it going into the last day was if he fell off. Okay. And, he got zero points. Yeah. Yeah. And then it would have taken him down in the average. That would have been I and I think even then after round five he was he had a one. Oh, okay. Pretty close then. Because yeah. It wasn't it wasn't super close, but it was I mean, I was pretty happy with my finals the way it went so you're heading into the finals of third place you have thirty seven thousand one first place is around forty four thousand how did so you got a shot to win it this year is, is your confidence or where you're where you at heading into the finals this year yeah i i think my riding is as good as it's ever been right now mm-hmm. um and i just want to kind of keep that rolling and take every horse jump for jump make sure i do my part and let the cards fall where they fall What's your favorite thing about the CFR and Red Deer? Oh, it's they're just spon- they're a sponsor of the show, so yeah, it's it's a lot of fun with all them, like all the Bronc riders that make it. They're such good buddies. You just have a good time for mm-hmm. five, six days, and uh, their Caesar Bar. Shout out to that. That, that is a great <laughs> thing. The Caesar Bar and uh, Red Deer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, other than that, just it's it's good bucking horses every round. Um, and like we're fortunate enough in Canada to have that where we have top of the line bucking horses mm-hmm. in each of the rounds and uh it just makes for a fun week and, and going back to the NFR but like it's it's kind of a good warm up for that you're compete like you're competing against all guys who could, who could qualify for the NFR and guys who have qualified for the NFR but it's like you're getting like the best competition on the best horses leading up to like the biggest rodeo in, yeah. in December yeah it I mean, I don't like to ever call that a, a warm-up for it because it's still a for a Canadian title, too. Uh, but it does get you set up. You're getting on good bucking horses. Um, and I think that's what keeps you, in, keeps you riding well is getting on good bucking horses all the time. So it makes makes a big difference when you get to get on that quality. Like, it's we're getting on lots of the horses that are going to Vegas right there for six yeah. rounds in Red Deer. Have you, have you talked to Colby since Ricky won Entertainer of the Year? Yeah, I have. How how how's the how's the vibes with the Chuck family? I know Ted and I were listening in on the road, and we were like pumped up, like honking our horn and fist pumping. We heard that, <laughs> that Ricky one, so yeah, they, they I mean they were really excited. I think uh, Colby said to quote Ricky, "Why couldn't they have let me win this five years ago? Because if I have to go out in the arena or something for that, it's going to be way tougher." He said. Five years ago, I was bounce. I'd be bouncing up there. He's, like, <laughs> he's not back's quite really bouncing. sore right now, too. Y- yeah, right? he's he's definitely pretty pretty sore right now. So, uh, but I mean, they're all super excited. That's cool. And, yeah, and happy for him. Yeah. Have you ever yeah, been so involved I'm, in a rookie clown act? Yes, sadly, yes. Oh, oh really? which one? <laughs> well, I've I've chased a lot of chickens, and it uh, may or may, may or may not have even been this year at what. The, at Grand Prairie, I had to go catch a stinking chicken. I don't remember this happened. I think I remember the first year we, we did the sound at at um, Grand Prairie. You were out in the arena. You and Colby were running around ch- catching chickens. Because <laughs> I, I think they, I remember at the production meeting or Weston, they told Ricky no chickens, <laughs> and of course he let out the chickens. So there's just like blue and yellow chickens running around the arena in, in Grand Prairie. That's Maybe that's code for Rick. 
Rick, no chickens. He's like, okay, okay. I got the chickens. Wake, wake. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know what you mean? Yeah. I, and I mean, from when I was, like, from when Colby and I were just running around mm-hmm. little kids, I was always out there helping out when I could. And I mean, Colby and I even wild horse or wild pony raced together back nice. when we were eight, nine, or ten years old or something. And, uh, but chasing chicken around. I was always too scared to catch chickens when I was younger. <laughs> I'd get real close and then the chicken would Hesitate jump or bit. something and spooked yeah, the that. one with colby this year when he caught it was hilarious like there was a good replay on it too and i think it made the rounds on some social stuff but he was like he like had to do a duck and dive and dodge and like he <laughs> dove on it lunged yeah. for the chicken it <laughs> was Jumped hilarious on it. Yeah. That, was, that was the time in grand prairie where both of us yeah. had to go it's him and i yeah, that's awesome this year that was funny um what's your uh so you, is it just k's you travel with i forget we kind of got off on a sidetrack on that what where'd we who else is on the road with you so last year it was uh, Case Thompson and Dawson Dom for okay. part of the summer, and then this year uh, I traveled with Lucas Moxa and then Chet Johnson and Court Shear. Oh, okay, so you had no fun. <laughs> Those guys all. taught you nothing <laughs> no. on the road this year, <laughs> and there's only so many things you could talk about. Uh, yeah, you, tra- well, you and Lucas are kind of had a similar upbringing with him growing up, like going Stock to awards rodeos and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, you guys have a lot in common in that sense. Oh yeah, we we've been pretty good friends for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. I think we. When he made his first Canadian finals last year in the saddle bronc riding, he uh, his mom found a picture of him and I from the Little Britches Rodeo in High River when I was nine and he was eight years old. Cool. Dang. And uh, all strapped up with our vest on, waiting to get on our steer ride. And that was actually the time I got on that uh, Heaven on Earth or Shiver and Shake oh, calf. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, he, we uh, had that picture that they had dug up and uh, kind of neat to be riding at this high level i mean until he got hurt he was he's right there guys, he's man. another yeah. one of them guys that's has the ability to right uh now. to make vegas if he didn't if he didn't get hurt and come reno he was sitting top 20 in the world at the time mm-hmm. he was gonna win the he was gonna fight for a rookie of the year title he was gonna fight for a trip to vegas just mm-hmm. right alongside me cool ways i like it got the I question got the last one okay cool man this has been really cool it's always fun to sit and visit and catch up we're going to leave you with the final question we ask all of our guests on the Cowboy Shit Podcast. What is your definition of cowboy shit? Um, I mean, <laughs> it's the hardest question of the show. Yeah. I, I guess for me, it's just uh, that cowboy mentality of you always help your buddy out. You, I mean, you're... Even if it's to catch a chicken. <laughs> even if it's to catch a stinking chicken. Uh, you're you're there to help out everybody. You're always willing to help a younger guy. You're... You're you're rooting for your buddies mm-hmm. that are competing against you, trying to take your money, just as much as you're hoping to do good yourself. So, that to me is the kind of the cowboy mentality. It's a it's it's more of a family than anything, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's cowboy shit for sure. Yeah. Well, you you got you and your family are definitely definitions of it for sure. You you mentioned uh, Doug stories about Archie. Do you want do you have any that you remember right now that you there's can there's one get into? <laughs> there's one. Uh, this is the one. One of the last ones Doug told me. I think we were in Verd, and he told he's telling me the story. So uh, Archie, so called. Doug Young is pro rodeo announcer. Been done the CFR the last couple of years as well. Uh, been a rodeo announcer and been in the Western. He's business compi- for he's competed. He's a CCA yeah. team roping champion. He he managed like PFRA pasture for years and years and years. And he's neighbors with um, with Cole's grandpa Archie. And he's telling me the story. And Doug, Doug he's like, yeah, he's like Archie called me up. He's like, he's like, hey Doug, can can you come help me uh, come help me halter break some colts? at the house and and doug's like yeah sure why not and 
because so Doug brings his rope over and Archie has this like it's like a lean to like kind of like half like a calf shelter type thing. It has like a, a sharp 90 degree corner with a post in the middle of it. So Doug gets there and he's standing there with his rope and Archie Archie comes up and says, okay, I'm going to run him through and, and you rope the smaller one and tie him off to the post like just kind of start like working their way up to the bigger horses. So Doug's standing there and a few minutes later these like massive like draft cross like colts come running through this this like lean this and like calf are, shelter. And what are these like these are are these darn bucking horses are they or? I, th- I can't remember what t- I can't remember that detail of it but I think they're like they want to halt a break. It might have been wild horse racing horses or something that but they're just trying to halt a break. It might have just been colts they're trying to halt a break. Anyways. <laughs> so 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 uh, these horses run by Doug and Doug's like dishpan like like big as dinner plates eyes like these horses are fucking huge like I don't want to rope one of these things. <laughs> so then Archie comes around the corner he's like did you get any of them? And Doug's like I'm not sure which 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 is the smaller one. <laughs> like you want me to rope? <laughs> 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 so so i think they tried again and they end up getting a few of them roped after doug knew the drill but yeah oh that's I lo- like yeah anytime doug brings up an archie story it's so funny because there's there's another funny one about my brother i we were out at archie's one time when my dad was calving cows for your grandpa we were cruising around the yard and like there was stuff all over the yard and they were in the shop or something and <clears throat> my brother and i were hamming nails into like just to a random block of wood we we're just hanging out with the hammers and nails and just hammering it in my dad starts giving a shit, and Archie looks at my dad. He's like, "You let those kids pound as many fucking nails as they want to, like, because like it ends up being like we're gonna be good at hammering like <laughs> nails in the future. Like, actually, we're actually working and having fun at it. So, yeah, that's a, a couple of the Archie stories I remember. <laughs> good yeah, stuff. He was quite a guy. Yeah, pretty cool. Oh man, well that's awesome. Well, thanks for thanks for uh, doing this. Thanks for making the trip over, Cole. We uh, look forward to watching you in. Red Deer again at the CFR and uh, for your first trip to Vegas. We're happy for you. Happy to see another Canadian make it there and look forward to seeing you. We'll be you. there cheering you on, man. It's yeah. awesome. We're stoked. We'll Sounds good. Thanks, guys, for having me on. It's pretty cool. Awesome. Well, we appreciate it. Got to make the cut To be one of the cowboys Headed to Nevada To try for the December gold Where the light shine bright In the clear desert night And the people come to rock and roll Where the best of the best Get put to the test And the rest might as well stay home And when they put you in the shoe Turn you loose You gotta prove that you're bad to the bone Gotta make it out to Vegas Thanks again to Cole Ashbacker for joining us this week. Um, best luck to him, like we said, at mm-hmm. the NFR. Yeah, stoked for him. CFR, guys on the way up. A um, bunch of first-timers for us at the CFR, or at the NFR this year, a few. Yeah, because it'll be uh, Logan, Cole, Logan Hay. Jared. Yeah, Parsonage, that's right. Congrats to our friend, former I uh, guess you know, friend Bolgley. of the show. I think she made it before for some reason. Oh, okay. Anyways. Wasn't a few first timers out there. Anyways. Which is really cool. Uh, yeah. Who else? Oren's back. Man, that guy's going to be uh, high up on our bareback rider list when we get when we get there. Mm-hmm. I think this is eighth consecutive, or like maybe not consecutive, but eight times now he's been to NFR. He won, and he has a Canadian title now, too. Yeah. After the last, last year, couple, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's. Oren's making it happen. He's man. making it happen. Man. And he kind of just flies under the radar. Like, it's funny. Cool. Collect. Just does his thing. So it's going to be exciting. I'm, I'm stoked that to get down there and watch our Canadians do some kick some ass kick some ass yeah we'll uh 
Looking forward to that. Um, we've got a couple things in the works. We I don't want to say anything yet because we've got to figure out how to do it still. But uh, We're figuring it out. We're <laughs> working we'll on be some there. NFR stuff. Somehow we'll be there. Somehow we'll be there. Um, yeah, that'll kind of get us through that. But, uh, but Wace, we had uh, some feedback on the shitties the other day. Yeah, so a few weeks ago. Our awards. Our, our last we, show. Uh, we gave out a few awards. Yeah, our last show, we, we did the shitties. If you hadn't listened to it yet, go back and listen where we handed out. Because the CPRA did their year-end like the awards. Dundies. Yeah, we, we handed yeah. out our own list of awards. And the PRCA has been the doing year. their own so awards, we figured, too. We like figured we'd do our own. Years. Yeah, so one of them was for the best roadside bathroom. And I think we ended up giving it to the Shell and Valley View. Yeah, and that's that's that seems to be a common place that people like to stop. However, but not everybody gets up north, so I not, get it. Not everybody's been there. However, um, a friend of mine, Chance Switzer from uh, Saskatchewan, PBR Bull Rider, PBR Bull Rider, CPRA Bull Rider, round guy. He's won the CCA, I think, two or three times now. Good kid, really good kid. Anyways, he like he Chance. he sent me a message. Oh God, would have been two or three days ago, saying how he was listening to the episode with the shitties, and he said he has a nomination for the twenty twenty three shitties. Of the bathroom, best roadside bathroom. Best it's, shitter. It's, it's the Shell in Banff. The new Shell in Banff apparently has really? heated seats, a really nice, really nice atmosphere within Do the toilet. Do they have bidets though? Will they wash your hoop with man, water? I think a public bidet would be really weird. I, I had one in a hotel one time, but like, oh, that hotels they get cleaned it before. I saw any, one in an office building the other day, a bidet. It was like a tushy thing. I mean, like. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be weird, though, wouldn't it? And a gas... Would you use a gas station bidet, though? Would you? <laughs> I don't know. There's no chance that you'd use that. I think... You know what? I think in Brazil, it was, like, kind of standard, if I remember right. It might have been a hose. There was, like, a hose bidet. You could just wash your hoop off. But if you just... Say you just roll into the dead man's flat husky and they have a bidet, are you using that, Rick? Depends how... Well, like, what's the worst that can happen? You're washing poo off your bunghole. What if you cross sauces with somebody? <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I I would this not is be the down point with in the show where people stop listening. I would not be down with that. Got uh, off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> Still funny though. If you have any submissions for the shitties, would you? And yeah, if you have any submissions for the boy sh- shit shitties, the awards we're of the year. We're taking nominations for twenty twenty three. So and categories. We made this up on the fly the other day. <laughs> Maybe we'll do it. We'll do a more serious job of it in twenty twenty three. Our friend Steve Mears from uh, TP Creek Stampede already reached out and said, "Hey man, thanks for the award. Appreciate that." So this so is a this is a challenge to all the rodeo that rodeos that we go to throughout the year. Like how good your cabaret? From, we didn't hear from Keenan. Keenan Vine about Lethbridge. Probably that shows how much he listens to the show. I guess he's not that much of a fan of the show. I guess not. Challenge to Keenan if anybody knows. Him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Keenan, we heard you won uh, the worst ground award, the worst ground and the best ground at the same time. How does that even happen? <laughs> double shitty. <laughs> he's the first recipient of the double shitty. <laughs> oh dear. Oh boy. <laughs> Um, one thing we forgot in the first half, I want to give a shout out to to Cowboy Cole for his yeah. his impromptu comedy act. Yeah. We originally had brought him up there. I brought him up there to um sing a song and just kind of be a, a celebrity guest in the song contest just to what mess was around. What you going to sing? The national anthem. Like he was that's all he was going to sing. Of Kazakhstan? Of Canada. Like that was my origi- was originally ca- the, the my idea was to do the, the Canadian national anthem. I thought it was going to be funny to just joke on everybody and be like, "Okay, here's what we're going to do tonight." Everybody, all of our contestants are going to sing the anthem three times. You can sing it in any language that you'd like. Oh, God. Because in the last little while, I've heard French, Cree, and like normal English for all yeah. Canada, right? So, yeah, we, on the Truth and Reconciliation Day, the ladies sang it. In yeah, Cree. it's cool. It was, it was really neat. cool. So I was going to be like spoof on everybody. Be like, yeah, so we're going to sing the anthem three different languages. You're going to hear it 17 times this evening. Oh, God. And our first contestant from the nation of Kazakhstan, Cowboy Cole Borat Robertson. <laughs> and then he was going to sing... 
sing uh, pretend to be Borat, but we didn't do it. And yeah. Anyway, instead any, he did his comedy set. Yeah, we had a few folks talk about what are you talking about? Uh, we had a Dwayne few, the Cock we, Johnson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had a we had a few folks drop out of the contest, so we kind of needed to fill some time in to extend the show. And as it was, it worked out. Pretty it worked well. out. Per- worked out perfect. So I, really yeah, good. I went to Cole's like, "Yo, man, we need some comedy. No, you're no more singing." So he like, he whipped out his. Uh, we won't give away all of his content because I'm sure it's one of his we sets that he'll his, use. We whipped out. It, he whipped out his. His Dwayne the Rock Johnson, <laughs> um, but yeah, he's gonna be Cole's actually gonna be performing on the the cabaret stage as well on Thursday, uh, Thursday, Thursday night. Thursday, so if you want to come check out a uh, little comedy act and CFR, bring your dollar Calvary. bills for his G string. Give him a couple. Yeah, because it gets spicy up there. So. It gets spi- extra spicy. Yeah. Luckily, it's a venue of eighteen plus. I wanted to make sure I got that in there for Cole because he, he did a, uh, did, a, did, a did a good job. Good job. Fella. Fun road trip. We all went up there together yesterday. It was good. It was good. good and nice. Red Deer's a nice CD drive. So, yeah, it was good. Good time. I'm stoked. It, I'm stoked for the next few weeks, man. It's going to be a cool run heading into, well, obviously, we'll get a little bit of a vacation run around for a few days and then right into CFR. Mm-hmm. I get to go to an Arkells concert finally. Ooh, baby. And then a Battle of Alberta, hopefully. Yeah. Right on. Heck well, yeah. Call it good, eh? I think so. Okay. Don't go forget bowling. to check out, uh, yeah, CFR, get your tickets. CFR Red Deer. Um, um, on social media, Tickets Alberta website to get tickets for, they're still selling individual tickets for the perfs. Um, check out Sweet Pro and Equilix and Equipride at your local feed stores. Um, yeah. And if they don't have it, tell them to bring it in. Hell yeah. Amen. Do it. And we'll see y'all folks down the road. Get Don't forget to check out our, our shit. Yeah. Cowboy shit. And our We're all over. We got some gear. We got some new gear out. Um, a new fall, like a new line this summer. So, Check us out. Check out the website. Get some stuff fixed up. We, uh, yeah, we got our. We got uh, Cole, Cole and Kayla, are our ambassadors. They got a little promo yeah. code, so you can save some scrilla there. But yeah, we got lots going on. So check it out, and we will see y'all next time. Got cheese now, that's poutine. Gravy coming hot like I'm hopping off the griddle. Pull up on a kid if you're trying to get belittled. All the mamas love me now, I think I'm being brittle. Flex the rainbow, bang it like some Skittles. Gravy, why you out of pocket? Stop it.